I'm going to read from Acts 2, uh, verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Good. Welcome. It's 2020. Can you believe it? Uh, I came to a realisation recently, uh, and it was a scary realisation. I'm actually uh, living in my seventh decade. Um, um, that's really scary. I'm, I'm only in my 50s, but I'm actually living in my seventh decade, so that's um, way too scary. Um, but I look good. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um, welcome to Church 2020. Uh, tonight we're beginning the year and the decade with a new sermon series called I'm In. I'm In. What does it mean to say I'm in? So we're going to try it for a moment. I'm going to ask you a couple of things. I want you to tell me if you're in or not. So the first one is... Who's in for pizza after the service? Steve's paying. Who's in? Who's in? Who's in? Yes, I see those hands. Just kidding. Sorry. Just kidding. I'm sorry about that. How about this one? Who's in for free tickets to the movies this week? Who's in? Anyone in for free? Ben's paying for these ones. Um, they get paid way too much. No, just kidding. Just kidding. It's actually easy to say I'm in for these kinds of opportunities because it actually doesn't cost us anything. When it's free, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Um, but what about this? Who'd like to train for their first half marathon or full marathon this year? Who, anyone in? Who's in? You'd like to train? Steve, take some notes. Steve's going to help you with that. Thank you. Who's in? Um, just last week, I was presented with an opportunity to play competition basketball uh, this year. I have to say, um, I'm actually tempted. Uh, and if I were 10 or 20 years younger, it would be an E. You wait till you're my age, buddy. Um, if I were 10 or 20 years younger, it would be an easy decision. I would say, I easily say, I'm in. Um, because I love it. I love basketball, I love sport, I love competing, and I love being a part of a team. But now uh, that I'm in my 50s, um, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, or, the, or my mind is willing, but my body, not so much. I still love the game, I, it's, it, and it's so much more fun to play the sport than to watch it. Last year I coached, 
I sat on the sideline and I ached to be involved in the game. But there's a big commitment involved. There's training to attend every week. There's a big dollar cost to playing. There's a, uh, now that I'm in my 50s, there's a higher risk of injury. Uh, plus the frustration that my body doesn't work as well as, as it did when I was 25. Um, and I live with that frustration. Uh, but it's fun. I, wanna, I actually want to play. Uh, I love to be able to play. And, and I feel really accomplished because I can still do it in my 50s. Uh, and I hold that over my two younger brothers who are, uh, who are unable to do so. So, um, so should I say that I'm in? Yeah, OK. All right, hear those, I'll hear those words. Um, so what opportunities are you considering for this year? Is it a career? Maybe it's study? Maybe uh, it's moving house or interstate uh, or even overseas? Maybe it's travel or being a part of a school production uh, like Dance Fever. Click. Um, how are you going to respond to those kinds of opportunities? Are you in? Um, what I want to say about all these kinds of opportunities, uh, all these kinds of are you in opportunities, is that there's a cost involved, uh, including time and energy. Uh, there's an upside to some of these things and some great benefits, but there's likely also to be disappointment or setbacks. It's going to be hard work to take on these opportunities um, and it's going to require a commitment. So, are you still in, considering all of those things? Sometimes these are you in kinds of opportunities are actually bigger than us, bigger than all of us. Sometimes these opportunities that we're invited into are kingdom opportunities uh, that have spiritual significance. So over the next six weeks, uh, we're going to explore a whole string of topics. Baptism, prayer, giving, uh, mission and vision. That's five where we'll be presented with a question about our commitment to these things in 2020. Uh, and tonight, I'm going to bring you the sixth one, the first one of the six, um, and it's about your commitment to being connected and involved in community. And I'm going to say community with a big capital C because it's a Christian community that I'm inviting you into uh, for 2020. So what does it mean to be in community? We hear that word, it's not an uncommon word, uh, and we hear it in all kinds of different settings. I found a definition online that says this. There. Uh, a community is a group of people who share something in common. You can define a community by the shared attributes of the people in it and or by the strength of the connections among them. You need a bunch of people who are alike in some way, who feel some sense of belonging or interpersonal connection. It's a long definition on my But I actually think it's a pretty good definition. Uh, it says it all, kind of. But I don't think it fully says 
what we can experience in a Christian context. There's actually something more that we can experience. So what's the difference between the kind of community that you can experience in any team or club or cultural group or the kind of um, um, those kinds of community groups? What's the difference between that and that which we can experience within Christ? Or what's the difference? That's the kind of community that I want to tell you about tonight. The difference is simply this, that Jesus himself is a part of that community. The living Jesus, the living Jesus, is actually among us uh, as a part of this community. I remember as a child, I was in Scouts. And on the wall in our Scout Hall was a picture of Baden-Powell. He was, or Robert, uh, it was a Robert Baden-Powell, one of those, I think that's his name. And there was one of the Queen. Neither of them were actually there when we did Scouts. But we had their pictures on the wall and they were involved and we gathered around these things who weren't actually there. The kind of community that we actually can have within this Christian community is a, a place where Jesus himself actually exists. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. He's actually with us in our community. So this adds a whole new dimension to what we can experience within community. So much more than what we can experience outside of Christ. You see, a Christian community becomes a place where faith, hope, love, grace, mercy can be experienced because of that existence of Jesus right there with us. It, comes a, it, it becomes a place where lives are changed, where we can actually grow, where the Holy Spirit can work, and best of all, we can actually meet and experience God himself within our community because Jesus is there right with us. That's okay, is it? Speak to me, speak to me. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that all other kinds of communities are, aren't great. Um, I've actually experienced all kinds of great communities within the broader community, uh, within sporting teams, clubs, gyms, park run at school. We can experience all kinds of really great community. There are all kinds of great and wonderful expressions of community in the world, and we're seeing a lot of that right now in our country. Uh, Australians all around everywhere are rallying to support those who have been affected by the recent bushfires. We get to see a really good expression of community in this place. Um, but there's more. There's more, and I want you to hear this. So the kind of community that we want to be here at Door of Hope is a Jesus-centred, others-focused, and we want to do that in community, together in community. A little later, I'm going to ask you about your commitment to that community. Uh, what it, but what are we signing up for? Uh, what does that community look like? What should that community look like? Um, see, doing community isn't just about coming to church each Sunday. It's how we do church. It's how we do life. 
Um, and I'm going to introduce a new term to you tonight to explain what this community should look like. It's a term that I shared with the morning congregation a, a few months ago, and the term is this, one anothering. It's a Joelism, I know. Um, you may not have heard this before. Um, one anothering. Um, you see, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote some letters to some churches that we know well. In those letters, we see him use a lot of one another statements to those churches. And these are statements about how people should treat, people in church should actually treat one another. This is how we should live out our Christianity within this place. And there are about 58 of them in the New Testament, 58 one another statements. So I'm just going to not read all of them, just listen to some of these. Um, accept one another. Be kind, tender-hearted and forgiving to one another. Love one another. That actually occurs lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of times. Serve one another. Bear one another's burdens. Encourage and build one another up. Pray for one another. Be hospitable to one another. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Can I add a couple more? Uh, the prophets Bill and Ted said, be excellent to one another. Um, I'd like to add my own if I can. Um, be awesome to one another. Or cheer one another on. Um, it all sounds quite simple. Um, a little bit elementary. But it's not. I know we hear that stuff and you can, you can see those words and you can just kind of gloss over them. Um, but it's actually profound stuff. Particularly in a world that is fragile and uncertain. Particularly in a world that is without hope, without love, without mercy. They need this one another stuff. They need to see this one another stuff. So what does this one anothering mean? I'm going to put it in a different way. Um, let me put it this way. Love. Love one another. Let me put it this way. Love and be loved. Serve and be served. Encourage and be encouraged. So I think that actually says something a little bit more. Because... It means that when we sign up, we, we sign up not just to receive, but we sign up to give it. Um, it's meant to be reciprocal. It's meant for us to pass it on. When you receive love, pass it on. When you get served, pass it on. Um, but you also need to put yourself out there so that you can receive it. Some people actually find it harder to receive this stuff than to give it out. Um, so love and be loved. Serve and be served. You know what's for everyone to do? It's not just the one, for the ones who are paid to do it. It's not just for the relational people. Uh, or for those who are on the team, they've got to do it. 
we're actually all called to do it. So love one another. Or serve one another. Encourage one another. It's not, it, it is for everyone. It also means that you've got to be intentional about it. If you just turn up and hope that it's going to happen, it may not. Sometimes you've actually got to get up out of your chair and walk over to someone. How can I help you or how can I pray for you? Get out of your comfort zone and choose to be a one anotherer. Um, do the one another stuff. And it means you've also got to get, uh, get in deeper with people. Um, you can't just sit on the edge of the pool and watch everyone else do it. It's really easy to sit on the edge and just watch everyone else kind of do it. But you miss out. And they miss out too. Um, so I want to encourage you to dive in deeper. Get in deeper with people. This is where the deep community stuff happens. Imagine if we all intentionally did this one-anothering stuff. That love, serve, encourage, spur one another's on, uh, bear one another's burdens. What if we were all intentional about it? What would that do for our church? If we all did it and we're intentional about it, what would it do for those who are broken or lonely or those who are in need or those who are suffering or for those who are depressed or for those who are discouraged? What would it do for them if we all did that one another stuff? I'll tell you what it did for that early church, that Bible reading that Danielle read. They did community, they did the one another stuff. They were a Jesus-centred, others-focused, together-in-community kind of church. You know what happened for them? The fruit of their one-anothering was it says that they enjoy the favour of all the people. Not just the people within the church, but the people outside the church. They saw what happened within their community and the, and the people outside were impressed. And it also says that the Lord added daily those who were being saved. He added to their number daily those who were being saved because they did the one another in stuff. How cool is that? I'd love to be a part of that. Um, there's nothing like the community of faith. Uh, the community of faith, hope and love working at its best. When that community works at its best, there's nothing like it. Have you seen it? Have you seen the community of faith working at its best? Um, I often see glimpses of it. And it's a beautiful thing. Honestly, it's a beautiful thing. And, and it keeps me coming back for more. I want to keep coming back for that experience. See, it's awesome to see a community of people who serve together giving of their time, their energy, their resources. And um, I have to admit, every year, I, I enjoy watching the guys at Flourish. So the, guy, uh, the guys are actually invited to serve the ladies at Flourish every year, and they wear this um, black shirt with pink writing saying, I'm your man. Is that what it says? Yes, yeah. it is. 
Um, and they serve the ladies for a day. And there's maybe 20-odd 20, 20 guys, uh, young guys, older guys. Um, and I love to watch it. And if you were to look at the, some of the stuff that they did, um, it's not fun stuff. They set up, they pack up, they clean up, they clean toilets, they pick up rubbish and all that yucky stuff. But they actually look like they're having fun. Who's, who's been a part of that? I know quite a few of you guys. Is it fun? Yeah. Um, I reckon that they even walk out at the end of the day um, feeling satisfied. Um, why? Why doing all this yucky stuff sometimes? Why is it um, such an enjoyable experience? And I reckon it's this. It's because they're doing it within the context of Christian community. Uh, it's because it's others-focused. It's because um, Jesus was at the centre of it all. I think that's, that's the gist of it. That's why it's so much fun. That's why they keep coming back year after year. What about superheroes camp? Who's done a superheroes camp? Um, each year, Door of Hope runs some camps for kids who are from families doing it tough. Uh, they may be from broken homes or families in need, and we take these kids away and provide buddies for them, and pseudo-uncles and aunties and grandparents, and we focus on those kids, just on those kids. We show them love. Now, as far as I know, I've not ever been on one of these trips, but... From what I know, these aren't necessarily easy weekends for the buddies. Are they easy? Um, what I do know is that these buddies keep coming back year after year after year. Some of them have done four, five, six, seven, maybe. I don't know how many, but why? Why do they keep coming back for this stuff? It's hard work. Um, because they did it in the context of community. That's why. Because... It was others-focused, and because Jesus was at the centre of it all. You know, some of the greatest expressions of this kind of community is when a group of people actually get around someone who is hurting, or seriously ill, or in need, or and they provide ongoing help in all kinds of ways. Maybe it's practical help, maybe it's just being there, maybe it's prayer, uh, maybe it's financial, maybe it's just regularly checking in. These are some of the greatest experiences or expressions of this kind of community. You know, I've seen some of my close friends go through all kinds of serious illness um, with the support of a community. I've seen other friends who have lost everything restored with the love and support of a community. And I've actually experienced it. Um, so many times I've been blessed by a community of believers so many times in my life, at the worst of times, uh, through the pain and shame of a divorce, through the depths of depression on more occasions than I can remember. And in times of need, when I've been unemployed and not knowing where, how I'm going to pay the bills. And these kinds of community expressions, these kind of community experiences have deeply impacted my life. Now, it's my guess here that some of you are actually in that boat too. 
that you've experienced the love and support of a community who've done that one-anothering stuff, who have blessed your life, who have impacted your life. Maybe you're actually sitting in this room tonight because someone got around you, someone invited you in. Um, some of our hope stories, a lot of our hope stories, talk about the impact of a community. Now, I know it sounds like doing this community stuff is all about the hard work and helping people in bad times. It's not. Do you know some of the best kind of community actually happens uh, in the good times? Um, Paul wrote to the Romans that they should rejoice with those who rejoice. Um, what does that mean? It means that we can and we should celebrate together. This is what community should be about. We can actually have fun together and it's biblical. Um, do you know that community actually happens often with food? Um, music to my ears. Um, in the Bible, it talks so much about banquets, feasts, festivals, parties, and there's lots of eating together. Community actually happens really well within the context of food. And that keeps me coming back for more tea. Um, <laughs> amen. Um, I want you to look at the other side for a moment. I want you to consider for a moment what it would be like not to be connected in community. What would it be like? Because some people actually choose not to be involved. Some people actually prefer to watch the game rather than join the game. And this is what it's all about. You've got a choice. Are you going to join the game, be a part of it, there's blood, sweat and tears, let's be honest. Or you can sit on the sideline and watch it. Uh, and we can all be a critic on the sideline. Uh, the referee's not doing a good job. Um, so much easier on the sideline. But you miss out on so much. The, the reward, the satisfaction actually happens within the game. So get in the game. No, um, I heard this illustration um, very early in my Christian life. What is, it, what is it like to be disconnected from the community? And this is the illustration. What happens when you take a red-hot coal out of the fire? So you've got a fire, there's a whole heap of red-hot coals. Take one red-hot coal by itself out of the fire. What happens? goes black, goes cold. This is what actually happens to our Christian walk. can happen to our Christian walk so easily when we're disconnected, when we choose not to be connected. It's so much harder to grow. It's so much harder to maintain the fire within us when we're disconnected from the body, when we're disconnected from the community. So don't disconnect let me ask you this, what would it be like not ever to experience that one anothering? What would it feel like not to feel supported or accepted or like you belong? What would that feel like? You know, there are some, maybe here tonight, who are not yet connected in our community uh, and they desperately would like to be, honestly. Uh, in my experience, 
there will always be people on the outer who look inside and look with longing to be involved, but they don't have the skills, they don't have the confidence to actually get involved. Oh, help them to feel that community. Help them to feel that one-anothering. But it takes an invitation. It might actually take two or three or 33 invitations to get them included. Please help them to experience what you have. So here's my first challenge to you tonight. Will you commit to being a part of the community here in 2020? By getting connected, uh, getting involved. Will you? Are you in? One. The decision is just like that decision to be a player or a spectator in the game. Yes, it can be easy to be a spectator and not to be involved, but it's nowhere near as rewarding as being involved. You know, when you're involved in the game, you will grow, you will make a difference, so get involved. Are you in? Now, I know what some of you may be thinking. Joel, it's easy for you to say uh, all this stuff because you're really confident with people and you eat community for breakfast. Uh, but me, not so much. I'm not really good with people. Um, people just don't talk to me. Um, I get that it's hard because I watch. I, I see people who struggle to get included. Um, and I ache for that sometimes. Um, I should ache for it all the time. My suggestion for you, for those who are, it is hard for, is to start with one person. Just one person. Start with one person. And start with a simple conversation about the week. How was your week? Another good question at this time of the year is to ask them about their plans for the year. And keep the conversation simple. Uh, say bye, wish them a good week. And then keep checking in week after week. Build the relationship. One person, one person. Eventually you build a connection. Then you might dare to catch up otherwise. Do you want to catch up for coffee? How about we catch up for coffee this week? And you do it. And then you start and continue that one-anothering stuff. You serve one another, you encourage one another, you love one another, you pray for one another. And it grows. Uh, so even if you only had one person, there was no one else involved, you've actually started on the way. And you're doing the journey with someone else. You're doing community. But hopefully you pick up other people along the way. I'm going to tell you about an easier way. I want you all on this, um, you're in, um, this community plan for 2020. And the, the easier way is this. Um, join a connect group. Um, they're our little small groups. You know, in a church of this size, it's, it's, it's really, it can be really difficult to do community because there's so many people. And we don't actually have capacity to do deep life stuff with this many people. But we do have capacity to do it with this many people, a small group of people. So we actually have connect groups that you can do this stuff with. Um, and it's excellent. 
Uh, so much easier to do deep life stuff with a small group of people. It gives you an opportunity um, when you join one of these groups to do it regularly, to do community regularly. Uh, it provides the ideal place to grow and learn, and there are so many more reasons to do connect groups. Um, the next way that I suggest is to get involved in some area of service. You know, a real fun and satisfying way to get on the community thing is to volunteer in some area of ministry. Um, you know, we've probably got a thousand, <laughs> maybe, uh, there's so many ways to serve. Uh, the serving team, the generations team, uh, kids, youth, young adults, creative arts, um, pastoral care, missions, there's so many ways to get involved. And the good way about this, the good thing about this stuff in the context of community is that um, you get to meet people. Uh, you become a part of a team. You have fun together. Maybe there's some blood, sweat and tears, but you get to do significant stuff that makes a kingdom difference. So how do you get involved in a connect group? How do you get involved in a ministry area? Good question. Uh, on these cards, there's a couple of boxes here. So if you're not connected and you want a way to get connected into the community, into this Christian community, there's two boxes on here. One says joining a connect group. Tick. <laughs> um, connecting in a ministry. Tick. Um, if you know what that ministry is, write that down too. Someone will connect with you. If you don't want to do that, talk to one of the leaders here. We want you to be involved. We want you to be connected. We want you to feel this one-anothering stuff. The third way uh, to get on this community plan for 2020 is to attend church regularly. Sounds obvious to me, but... Um, see, there's no rule that says you must be at church every service or every week. But if you don't, it's easy to get out of the habit. Um, and I think we actually need it. Oh, I know that we need it. I need it. And we need it as much as we can get. You know, these are fragile and uncertain times that we live in. And we need as much help as we can get. Sunday church is actually like the petrol station, where we fill up every week so that we can live out our faith during the week. We need church, we need to do it regularly. Get here as often as you can. And even if you don't think you need it regularly, we need your one anothering. Um, so that every person here, and all those people who are still to come here, get connected, and get blessed, and get filled up. We need you here to do that stuff. Because I might miss you, they might get you. Um, in Hebrews 10, it says these words, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day of the Lord approaching. So I need to keep... Uh, get in the habit of being here regularly. I'm going to ask the band to come up. 
uh, now, but as I do, I'm going to ch challenge you a little further. So my first challenge is to get committed um, to the community. The second one is not, is this. Don't limit yourself to your current community. I want you to hear this. If we're going to be, if we're going to grow hope, grow in invitations, if we're going to grow in mercy in 2020, we need to look beyond our current circle and bring other people in. So the goal is to grow in hope, grow in invitation, grow in mercy. If we're going to do that, look beyond your circle. Bring other people in. If we're going to be a drawer of hope through Jesus Christ in a fragile and uncertain world, then open the doors of your community and invite others in. So here's my final challenge to you. Look at the current, at your current circle of friends, the people that you do deep life stuff with. Take stock right now. Who am I hanging out with? Who am I doing deep life stuff with? And my challenge to you is this. Extend your circle so that your circle at this time next year looks different. There should actually be other people in your circle next year at this time because you've opened your doors, you've opened your hearts, you've done that one another stuff for other people. We need to be radically inclusive. We need to be invitational. And we can't just leave it up to everyone else to include the new people. We can't leave it up to everyone else to invite the outsiders. We need to do the one anothering stuff. Wouldn't it be great if everyone could experience the hope that we have? I want them to. Wouldn't it be great if everyone could experience the one anothering? Wouldn't it be great if Door of Hope could continue to enjoy the favour of all the people, just like that early church? and see the Lord adding to our number daily those who are being saved. So let me ask you one more time. Are you in? 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 Are you in?